Welcome to Frankly Speaking with Mayor B. I'm Frank. And I'm Meredith. And this is episode four of our series, The Hills Have Size, and we'll be discussing Lauren and Jason Take Two today. Love it. I'm so excited. We have something to talk about now. Jason's back. Yes, we have lots to talk about, and Jason is back in a big way. Absolutely. I can't wait. So the show opens with Lauren in her bed. Yep. Like chilling out and Heidi's yep. in the kitchen. Further proof that is Lauren's bedroom and not Heidi's. Is, yeah, is yep. Lauren's bedroom. And she is, has the hiccups and mm-hmm. is looking to Heidi for some sage hiccup advice. Yep. And Heidi's advice is, I believe it was hold your breath, which I'm like on board with. And it was drink water, I think, too. No, no, no. It was drink water upside down with a pencil in your mouth. Oh, yeah, the upside. Well, see, now that was where I got confused because I thought the pencil in the mouth was separate. So they are kind of two methods combined. I've never heard pencil in the mouth. That's totally new. Like put something in your mouth and drink water. I think it's because you're basically swallowing with your airways slightly open. Oh, I think maybe that's a theory. Well, kudos to Heidi because that was one I did not know. Yeah. So then there's a knock at the door and Lauren receives a massive, I can't even call it a bouquet. Heidi calls it a tree and cracks herself up in the process um, but it's a really tall vase with some pretty flowers in it, but like also lots of twigs and other things. It reminded me of a centerpiece at like at a, a wedding. wedding. Yeah, yeah. Like a I wedding agree. centerpiece. Um, and I want to say the delivery guy was incredibly hot. Like yeah, I wanted he was. to crawl through the TV and jump up on that. <laughs> and, um, they did not tip him. No, I don't tip flower delivery people. You're supposed to. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't really get flowers. I'm not sure that applies, but... (laughs) Any delivery... Well, I mean, not FedEx, but like a delivery... You're supposed to tip a delivery person. Nope. I mean, just like a couple bucks, like a valet or whatever. Nope. I usually have like nothing but nickels and dimes in my wallet, so they'd probably be more offended by that than getting a tip, so (laughs) nope. Um, And so the card that Lauren opens while Heidi's eating toast, which they zoomed in on the toast several times... Um, but the card says to Lauren, love Jason, I miss you. And Heidi says, but you don't miss him, do you? And that's when we enter the theme song of Frank. Amazing. (laughs) Driving up the Pacific Coast Highway in his BMW. And then... Well, and I have a little side note about the, the, before the, uh, the credits start. Um, I put down that Heidi was basically wearing a Yeezy top. That top looked like Yeezy's new collection. That horrible, beigey, terrible... Like, she was... For, I think she was a fashion-forward icon. And Kanye, Kanye West's collection. His oh, Yeezy collection. Oh, oh. Looked just like that top. I thought it was Yeezus. That's why I was confused. No, he is Yeezus, I believe, from the album. But oh. his collection is Yeezy. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> Either way, like, weird, bare, beige, like, roughly ripped up. Like, it just reminded me of that. So it was gross. It was gross, yeah. Yeah, 100%. okay. It was yeah. totally gross. Okay. So, theme song, and then we cut to the closet immediately at Teen Vogue, and Whitney and Lauren are talking about boys. They're talking about boys, and I have a bit of a continuity error. I believe Lauren's wearing the same outfit as day one, that camisole with the pearls. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I would, well, I mean... No, because no. her and Whitney are kind of having, like, a get-to-know-you conversation. Like, who are you dating? Yes. No boys from Laguna? Clearly, I know who you are. You're from Laguna Beach. And as a side note, recently Heidi gave an interview where she, like, spilled some tea about what was going on behind the scenes of the hills. And one of the things she said was that they were not allowed to wear the same episode twice. I'm saying, um, outfit twice. Ever. 
So if we see them in the same outfit, it a hundred percent was the, was the day, day from before. And that right. was, it was the same outfit, like for sure. I'm sure. She's really into the pearls in this And her phase. hair. Her hair was blonder again. Like she okay. went back. Like, so it was for sure. So they, I mean, we're back to day one. As soon as you notice the hair, all bets are off. Yeah. We're, we're back to the closet day one. Yeah. So my favorite part of the scene was Whitney and Lauren are talking about boys and are you dating anyone? Whitney says no. And you know, Whitney says no boys from Laguna to Lauren. Cause clearly she knows that Lauren dated several people from Laguna beach. And Lauren says like, no, you know, I, I was dating someone. We broke up just before I moved here. And Whitney's prompting question from a producer was he did something bad. Well, wait, but did Jason and Lauren break up before she moved there or before she moved to San Francisco? Before she moved to LA. To LA. Like okay. they, at this point in the Hills, they've been broken up for weeks. Okay. So not long at all. No, not long okay. at all. But he did something bad, question mark. And Lauren said that they're at this charity fashion show and that he kissed his ex-girlfriend right in front of her. And really all she wanted was more of an apology. It wasn't so much that he kissed his ex-girlfriend. It was that you know, he just didn't make any grand gestures afterwards or say that he was sorry, which is true, I would say. Well, and was it just me or did both Whitney and Lauren seem completely disinterested in this conversation? Someone, like, I felt like Whitney was kind of playing it. it. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it didn't seem like either of them were that, that invested in this conversation. It did. I'm amazed that you noticed the chemisole and I didn't because it did feel sort of like a getting to know your coworker kind of thing. It's yeah. like, oh, are you dating someone? Do you have a partner? Like... Yeah. Yeah. It was very basic. Which kind of goes back to our theory that Jason was at the Young Hollywood party. Because if this, oh, yes. all of this happened, this conversation actually happened before the Young Hollywood party, he for sure was at the Young Hollywood party. Yes. And so for those of you listening, I've actually tried to do some more internet sleuthing. And it's my personal theory that Jason was at the Young Hollywood party back in episode one. And in episode two, when Lisa Love says, you know... There were people at the door causing a scene, et cetera, et cetera. I think Jason was a part of it. As we know, Jason went on to be on Celebrity Rehab and had some issues in that area. So episode one, Heidi and Jordan aren't really making much of a scene. And I'm wondering if Jason was the one who was doing it. Well, and I think now is a good time, too, for you to tell our listeners the other thing that you discovered while doing some internet sleuthing about Lauren's trip to New York. Yes. So in episode three, when Lauren goes to New York for supposedly hours, you know, she lands in the airport, she's changing her clothes, and she's bringing this address to the Marc Jacobs show. So I bet Lauren actually flew to New York to be on True Request Live, TRL. TRL, yeah. those in the know. I know. What was that, the real name of it? True Request Live? Yeah. Total okay. Request Live. Total, Total Request, request Live. <laughs> See, I knew I got it wrong. It's Total. just TRL. Yeah. Um and it turns out I was right. Lauren was on TRL in September 2005. That's why she went to New York. That's why her hair was different when she gets back in that episode. I blew the continuity out of the water. And that's also why she was definitely there for more than 24 hours. Yes. For sure. Yes. Way to go, Mayor B. That's some very impressive sleuthing on your part. I'm impressed. I do what I can. So then we cut to Heidi. There's a lot of cutting in this episode. Yeah, it, it jumped around a lot. It did. It jumped around it a lot. It did. Um, Heidi and, at work. And she's answering the phone, Bolt House Productions. I would like to point out that Heidi is horrible on the phone and so incredibly rude. Someone called in about like guest list and the guest list was closed already, but they could just show up early, whatever. And Heidi was just so dismissive and just like, I can't really help you. She said, 
I don't know. I don't work in the clubs. I'm just returning the phone calls. Yeah. Which, which was I, salt in a wound. Yes. And I believe that she was unfortunately lashing out at the poor caller about how miserable she is about her job. Yeah. I actually, one thing that I caught in this scene too is that someone comes over to Heidi and says that she needs something from her. And she says, girly, I need that now. Yeah. I would really hope no one addresses me at work like that. Well, and the, the other thing too is that someone also came over and asked her to file and she very incredulously in the was like, really? Like, <laughs> are you, huh? I mean, like that was a shock to her. Um, I, I, I want to reiterate, I know I've said this before, Heidi, a hundred million percent is the original millennial. Like mm-hmm. she wants to be president of the company within a week of working there. She doesn't want to pay her dues. Like, well, and it really comes up later in the it. episode too. Yes, it does. She I'm wonders like, why she can't do certain activities because of her age and... Hello, it's yeah. a legal problem, that's why. And so then we're back at uh, the apartment real yes. quick. So much cutting in this episode, it's really going to annoy me as we keep talking. Lauren checks her answering machine, which I find interesting that they have an answering machine even in late 2005. I know that voicemail on a home line was still a thing, but as we see in later scenes, she has a sidekick. She has a cell phone glued to her at all times. At that point, wouldn't you just call your friend's cell phone? Well, I believe that... Yes, I think this is MTV. Yeah, I think they wanted messages that they could play, and they couldn't be like, "Hold your cell phone up and play that's your." True. I, I mean, I Jason think probably why. left the voicemail on her personal phone, and they just played it like it was the answering. Because I wanted like ten years ago. Yeah, I didn't have a landline. I was only cell. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's silly. But yeah, it's MTV. I'm sure it's MTV's doing. Yeah, fair enough. Um. So anyway, long story short, Lauren has a voicemail from Jason. And he said that he wants to catch up on old times, which is so interesting because at this point they've been separated for weeks, weeks. What old times we dated from like May to August. It's now September. What old times you mean that party at my house a month ago? I think catch up on old times must've been 2006's Netflix and chill. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to venture a guess, I would have to say that's 2006's Netflix and chill. Yeah. Old, old times. Fine. Um, I have a lot to say about her getting ready for her date. I do too. A lot. Kick it off. Go. Um, First of all, she was fake putting on mascara. Like she was using the mascara brush, but it wasn't actually touching her eyelashes. It was very weird. You do go pretty lightly, so you don't like jab it in your eye. I will say that. But she, there, there was no contact. She got it on the end. Oh, did she? A little bit. All right. Well, I'm still a little wet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that they're still at least pretending to do their makeup. I feel like someone's probably doing it for them. Um, and actually in the same interview that Heidi gave last week or this week, she said that for season one, they were doing their own. Oh yeah. And then they, they were buying their own clothes and they were doing their own makeup for season one. Yep. Um, that you're right. Um, It looks like it. Then she dresses herself and what I could only describe as maybe like Laura Ashley, bad girl with a bit of an edge. (laughs) <laughs> like with a black headband and pearls, but like just a little bit edgy. But my favorite of all... This was... black python headband makes many an appearance going forward. She's... And the pearl necklace, which I'm not a fan of pearls personally, so I, I don't really have a dog in that fight. But my what I wrote down is, why does Lauren finally look like she's going to an interview? 
True. She did like, look very interviewish. She, yeah, yeah, she's wearing like a black dress and a cardigan and heels and a headband and pearls. And it's like, why do you now look like you're going to work? Except where she misses the mark a little bit is her shoes. Yeah. She is wearing what I could only describe as 70s disco hooker shoes. They were open-toed <laughs> black pumps with no platform. But on the top of their of the pump, on the foot part... There was like this rainbow splash of color, like she was a flamenco dancer in a past life. And it did not match the rest of the outfit at all, like even a teeny tiny bit. I mean, I guess the headband kind of, but it just like she should have just been wearing, wearing some cute like kitten heels. I don't know. It just, it looked, it was terrible. Um, kitten heels are terrible. But no. it would have matched her outfit. But so I actually, I think the shoes were more like 40s inspired for 2006. I could see that. Yes, I, I'll give you You know, that. they've got like yeah. some detailed leather straps over the toe. They have an ankle strap, but the the straps over the toe are just like bright rainbow and ugly. So They looked like something that the slutty Latina from um, Greece would have worn. Chicha Chaka Goyo yes. or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Like, straight out of her closet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think they were Steve Madden's. Oh, of, of course. They had to have been. Yeah. They it was 2006. Like, yeah. They, they? Yeah. They Which means she was in excruciating pain by the end of the night. I go to St. Bernadette's. They call me Cha-Cha. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're on a date with Jason. We are. And I just thought it seemed real. I mean, obviously forced and awkward because they're been apart allegedly for six weeks, but it just seemed so forced and awkward and like not natural and weird. They were prompted. Absolutely. For sure. We also forgot to mention the sad, sad music that plays while Lauren's getting oh. ready. And then they change sad songs when she gets to the restaurant. The like, whole episode oh was like weird maudlin one hit wonder songs from the 2000s, from the aughts. It's like, I'm lost without you. I don't know how to be. Like, I don't remember what the lyrics were, but they were sad garbage. And we tried to look it up. Through um, two different apps, yeah. and neither one recognized yeah, it. Yeah, Frank so. used Shazam, and I use SoundCloud. Nothing. So it's a real deep cut. Yeah, real deep cut. Yeah, we're gonna have to see if we can find that one later. Um, and so I also love that this restaurant, the Hills, goes to several times. It's like their romantic spot because it has Christmas lights hanging up. You know, well, that, obviously, that right? Makes it romantic. Because they have a garden and some twinkle lights. It's just the epitome of romance. Um, their conversation is very forced, but at the same time, I was impressed by how honest Lauren was with him. She says, why did you call me? Which was very forced. But my question to her was, why did you show up? Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't get that. Well, I thought she was very eloquent and yeah. wise beyond her ears. He, however, was just kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, uh. well, he says, I wish I didn't do that. And we're in a new city now. Hopefully we can start fresh. But she basically says, you know, like, you really hurt me and I tried to forgive you and you didn't give me an opportunity. Can we also talk about we're in a new city now? Um, yeah. That would be like if you and I <laughs> dated in Gaithersburg. And now that we And then here. we moved to D.C. And we're like, yeah. oh, it's a new city. Let's yeah. rekindle. I mean, give me a fucking break. Laguna is a suburb of L.A. basically. Like, this is just dumb. Yeah. It's not like they moved cross country together. No. And, and do they, we know what Mr. Waller is doing in LA? 
I mean, we know no. in real life he was doing a lot of drugs and drinking. No, so when I tried to work. confirm his attendance at the Teen Vogue Young Hollywood party, mm-hmm. I did see sort of some promotional event pictures of him kind of out with other Laguna Beach people in 2005 in LA. But I think that's where the celebrity rehab comes in. He is just partying. He's not doing anything. Well, and another little tidbit from um, the Heidi interview... Um, which we... Did we post it on social media? We did. Okay, we posted it on social media. So if I, you I tweeted it, it and the podcast retweeted it. Um, so if any of you bothered to watch it, one of the things that Heidi said was that MTV was 100% bankrolling their lifestyle. It was not their parents. She right. said that, okay. that MTV was paying for everything. Okay. So it's very possible that Jason... That's why Jason's in LA. Like, he got cast. He's in LA and they're paying him. Well, he also probably had a little bit of cash from Laguna Beach. Oh yeah, I don't think he's poor, but yeah. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe. I mean, I, now we know it's not the case, but there's no way that these 10 kids' parents were like, just go live in LA and do nothing and I'll pay all your bills. Right. Well, and from season two of Laguna Beach and from the episodes where Lauren and Jason are dating, Jason's family actually has quite a bit of money. Like, his house is not huge, it's not ostentatious, but... He one day brings Lauren to his grandparents' house as like a day out. His grandparents' house is unreal. Is it? And I think that's, you know, like they're kind of like, oh, your mom and dad are too hard on you. I'll take care of you. Like his grandparents, I think, were his biggest champions. Champions or enablers? (laughs) Both. I'm going to go with enablers. (laughs) We'll call it both. He's also driving the nicest car out of anybody. And I As we see later. uh, I I feel like that we can talk about this now that he's on the show. Um, In our Google alerts and just do some sleuthing, I discovered that Jason Waller now owns a rehab facility. I know. I saw that. In California. I'm thinking about going. (laughs) Like, just to meet him. Like, would that be bad? That would be bad, right? But I... I, I don't know. I feel like he... It sounds like he's there a lot. Um, Dr. Drew is heavily involved. So, like, okay. double whammy celebrityness, And um, I feel like I could, like, pull off a fake addiction. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. Because I read the same thing. I can't remember either, but I was pretty excited, and I think he's very involved. So, if any of you out there listening have substance abuse problems... Frankly speaking, with Mary B, would like to officially endorse Jason Waller's rehab facility over promises. Yep. Yeah. Tweet us. We'll send you the Yeah, we'll send you the link. We'll get you some help. We help people here. We try. Um, the other thing I had written down about this date, bottom eyeliner out of control. Lauren is in this phase where she puts on more bottom eyeliner than top eyeliner. Because now anybody who knows who Lauren Conrad is now knows that she's all about the liquid liner top, like slight cat eye. In these early seasons, she's basically getting that in reverse. It's like she's trying to make herself look like haggard shit. Like she is just putting like a full, like half centimeter of eyeliner on her bottom lashes. And I can't. Now I would have to do some hardcore Googling of other people from that time period to see if that was a thing. Maybe that was a makeup trend at the time. It's not. It's not. I think it just shows her age. She really likes makeup. She likes experimenting with it. But it's funny because now that she's more of an adult and knows her face and what she likes to look like, she doesn't wear anything on the bottom anymore. Well, also... The smoky eye was super big back then. I think that's kind of what she was going for. She just got it really wrong. Well, you can't have a black tear if you don't do it on the bottom. Yeah, you can. Not a good... I mean, her black tears are legendary. No, but liquid liner runs like you wouldn't believe. True. And she, she keeps liquid liner in business. Let's be <laughs> honest. 
Um, now, is that all you have to say about the date? Like, I feel like it was kind I of think eh. so. I, I had that they were pretty direct and sweet with one another. Now, let's go to where I think things get pretty exciting. Yep. Um, we, now we segue back to Bolt House Productions. They're having a big meeting. Yep. Where Brent is telling the team... First staff meeting in a long time. Long time. And he's telling the team that they're going to be doing a big uh, promotional event at the Palms Casino, which is all, all MTV. Real World was filmed there. I've been there and many times. I love it. Adrian Malouf from Adrian Real Housewives, it. right? Adrian Malouf yep. owns it. Um, so he's got, talking about this event, and you can see the giddiness in Heidi's face. Oh, she cannot wait. She's pretty, wait. she's excited. She can't wait. I'm sure her lady parts were tingling, like stuff was going <laughs> on. I'm, I'm going to go with full clit boner about like this <laughs> Vegas trip. And then in one of the cruelest things I have ever seen on television, Brent looks at her and says, Heidi, um, you won't be going because you're not 21. And her face literally cracked into a million pieces oh. and fell onto the floor. It's so She sad. couldn't even hide her disappointment. And yeah. I felt for her. I really felt for her. Yep. I, her face just melts Melted. off. Yeah, it was basically. horrible. <laughs> it is so sad. It was like Raiders in the Lost Ark when they opened the Ark of the Covenant and everyone's faces melted <laughs> yes, off. Yes, exactly. That was exactly. pretty much exactly yep. what happened. Stoked. Denied. Yeah. I, I felt bad for her. I felt bad for her. I did too, but I'm not at all surprised. Oh, of course not. And I mean, again, we know this is a fake job that Brent was forced to take her. He obviously does not like her very much at all. He so does was... a better job than Lisa Love, editor-in-chief, though. I, I don't think so. Lisa looks like she cannot wait for them to be dismissed. Brent at least kind of like makes fun of Heidi to her face. He's getting a little more amusement out of it than Lisa Love is. Yeah, I, I mean, she's more stoic and he's more just like bitchy to her. We would take you, but you can't go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, I, I did. I felt bad for her. I did too. She really thought that was her, her moment. Yeah, she thought she was going to go to Vegas and turn it out. Yep. Back to the closet. Back to the Vogue. closet. Uh, Blaine makes another appearance. He does not have his Bayside Tigers t-shirt on today. No, or a blazer, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what he said, though. I was just like, oh, Blaine's here. He kind of blends with the background. Yeah. I don't know. E- what did he say? I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. pay attention to him. He's not worth no. paying attention to. I just, I wrote down Blaine was there minus his t-shirt. And then Jason. He shows up. With flowers for Lauren. And More flowers. I love him. We all, all of the listeners know that I love him. Because, you know, meathead with a drug problem. That's my, that's <laughs> yep. my go-to. Yep. Um, the chin strap beard. Oh. I have her. It's too high. Okay. Because it's a little above jawline, so he kind of fucked it up a little bit. Oh. And it's just not a good look. I mean, I briefly sported a chin strap, so I can't say anything about this. But, um, <laughs> I mean, we've all had our problems. But um, it's, it's, he doesn't get it quite right, and it bugs me. Plus, you shouldn't do a chin strap with stubble. It's just, like, it's all around. It's not good. I love you, Jason, but, like, the facial hair. I, I mean, you're the authority on that also, so I'll completely take your word for it. it needs to be fixed. I will chalk that up to age also. Like, he probably just started shaving, like, four years ago and just, like, doesn't have Well, and that's true because back in 2006, there weren't, like, the art of shaving and all those, like, men's grooming lounges. You'd have to do it yourself. So, yeah. And he's a year younger than her. He's 18. Oh, he's 18? Okay. So, even even lower. <laughs> even lower on the food chain. God, he looks 25. Well, that's what drugs and alcohol will do to us. Oh. If that's true, I should be a, look 150. <laughs> <laughs> So Jason shows up at Teen Vogue and brings Lauren more flowers and asks if she wants to go to lunch. But let's clarify. These flowers were like from Whole Foods. Yeah, they were a little crappy. I mean, they were fine, but it wasn't, it did not compare to the the tree from earlier. But still, he showed up with something. I'll give him a, 
half ounce of credit for that. Oh, and now has Lauren already said her thing about her grandma? No. About what flowers mean? Oh, that's actually, I have a note about that. Okay, all right. I wasn't sure that was before. um, She says, let me go ask Blaine real quick if I can take a lunch. And she says to Whitney, do we get a lunch? Like, she has no idea. Which means they're probably not at work that much, but... Well, and but it's an internship, too, so she's going after school, But that's so. also further evidence, to your point, that this is probably, like, their first or second day. She yeah. hasn't even figured out if she gets lunch yet. And do we... I mean, usually if you have an internship, it's in the afternoon? So you... What, how would you get lunch? I don't know. It's weird. It depends. Yeah. Um, but... So then Whitney and Jason have this little side moment that I kind of love because she's like, what gives? Like, I want flowers. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe next time, you know. But they have, like, a friendly little, yeah. like, moment in the closet that I like. So um, my big takeaway from this is that Lauren, to use your words, 100% greets him like a girlfriend. Yes. She lights up like a Christmas tree when he walks into the closet. And she's like, oh, my God. Which is... I feel like a 180 from their awkward dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe I'll see you soon. And then it's like, oh my God, you're here taking me to lunch. That's so cute. Like she really turns 180. Yeah. It's very weird. I mean, they obviously are, it's they not are weird very sure obviously happened between the two. They're very obviously dating at this stage. though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what it signaled to me. Totally. So I'm assuming that either a lot of stuff happened in between dinner and first day at work. This is so hard. The timeline's such a mess because the way they edit things. Or the dinner was faked and they'd already been dating at that point. Maybe. Which is possible. Yeah, it was that awkward. Which could explain why he was so like awkward and weird because if they weren't dating yet, he'd be like, I'm so sorry and please forgive me. But he was just kind of like, I'm sorry. He had already tried that on Laguna Beach a little bit, but he definitely, Lauren is right in that he half-assed it. Well, she is now giddy. And oh, like a yeah. little in love, I think. Oh, absolutely. She's been thinking about him the whole time. So then we follow them to lunch. And actually, this is pretty boring. Like, we're supposed to be kind of excited that they're falling back into it. And they are. Like, they seem to be having a good time together. But Jason orders something with salmon in it. And then Lauren tells this super boring story about why she doesn't like salmon. And it's such a snooze but fest. here's the thing. She doesn't tell a story about why she doesn't like salmon. He says... She says she doesn't like salmon... He acts like this is the most shocking thing he's ever heard about anyone ever in the history of the world. He says, are you kidding me? Yeah, but his face is just like, what? (laughs) And then she kind of says, oh, this is why. And then all she says is that she used to go fishing with her dad all the time. And she liked when she caught a fish because it meant she caught dinner. That doesn't explain why you don't like salmon. No. That makes it sound like you like salmon. So my note actually says, salmon, nope, boat, dumb. Yeah. Um, it's, I, it's that painful. It's so stupid. My note is two most boring people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Um, so Jason pays for lunch and then asks Lauren what she's doing later, sees if she wants to go to a movie, and then they walk back to Teen Vogue and Lauren is again wearing her signature cropped jeans with the cuff at the bottom and a camisole and heels. And actually, I discovered an interview online with Lauren it was like Lauren Conrad's fashion through the years or something. Uh-huh. And they asked her what her sort of style regret was. And she says it was my like crop jeans, tank top heels phase. Really? Yes. Cause I don't hate it. I know you hate it, but I don't hate it. For 2006. I don't hate it. It was like of the moment and that's what everybody wore. But when I look back on it now, it is one of those like cringing moments. Gotcha. But I would have tons of those. I mean, that's how I feel when I look at old pictures of myself in my cross colors outfits. Yeah. Or like, 
I mean, isn't that how the world like felt about fanny packs or like all that kind of stuff? Like distance is like. I think fanny packs are in now. I know. They're more of like a hip style now, though. Like, whereas fanny packs were like... But who wore a fanny pack on their fanny right? I mean, that's always been a dad thing. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> were you sporting fanny packs on your fanny, Meredith? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, in the front. Like, under your belly button. Whereas now, like, celebrities kind of wear them, like, on the hip. Yeah, I, I don't think even in the front they were ever, like... a fashion thing <laughs> young losers in new hampshire maybe <laughs> perhaps to tourists <laughs> but that's what i mean like but i don't think i mean tourists like my dad wears a fanny pack to this day but like i didn't think that like <laughs> that like it was ever fashion forward okay well i think the last pack. time i had a fanny pack on i was probably like six years old so i probably didn't know how to wear it fair enough <laughs> um so anyway then we're back to heidi at work again quick cut Heidi, and then not a ton happened. I mean, again, I put down, this is where I had originally marked in my notes about her being the original millennial because she really just has been working for like a week and a half and is so annoyed that she's not vice president of the company. Her outfit is all belt. Which is interesting because we just posted on our, uh, the the Twitter feed of this BuzzFeed article that was all about 2006 fashions. And one of the themes of the article was the unnecessary belt. And this is the epitome of the unnecessary belt. It's like four inches wide. It's huge. Yeah. Jump. And it's not even at her waist. It's like slung around her hips, basically. But that's how you wore them. Oh, I like know. Around, like in, a, in an X um, formation in the front. I, I had one. Oh, Avi. Yeah, God. Um, the thing that I think is the major takeaway of this episode, or this scene, rather, is that Elodie is in the bathroom with Heidi and sort of saying, like, this is just the phase of the job you're in. You pay your dues, and then you'll be in the clubs. Like, I paid my dues. Everyone paid their dues. Like, just give it a little while, and then you'll be in the clubs with us, and you'll have a blast. Which I thought was very nice of Elodie. Because yeah, I she was playing the figure her. of like mentor. And been like, you're 19. This is, I mean, stop it. Also, Just stop it. So we talked about this in one of our previous episodes that the underage drinking and being in the club could be a problem, right? Well, so I- MTV got away with a lot in these days. But for a company that's really trying to make a name for themselves, they can't have their 19-year-old interns running around and drinking in, in the club. Well, now, but here's the caveat or, to that. Well, she's a job. She has a job. There. I was just doing, uh, a, when I was going over this week, our Google alerts for all of these people, there was one for Heidi, and that was specifically addressed. Was okay. How are these underage people drinking, and how is MTV getting away with it? And in the article, it said it was not MTV. And this is where things get a little convoluted for me because it had already happened before Heidi got the job, whatever. Yeah. It said it wasn't MTV. It said Heidi worked for a club company and she was the one getting everyone in and getting them drinks. Heidi was? Yeah. That's what the article said. Huh. Which is weird. It was an interview with Heidi though, right? No. Okay. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was not. Um, Now... Because the and it, it, the article also basically reiterated what I said previously was that that would not happen today. Like things have just changed, and even though it's only been ten years, that like yeah, yeah. on TV that would never ever happen, and all those clubs would be shut down. But yeah. they said it was like it was like oh Heidi worked for clubs, so she was the one getting people in. All right, so back to the closet again. Again back to the closet. Yeah, um, my note here just says Whitney equals the best. Mine says <laughs> that Drew Barrymore should play Whitney in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like she's very like Drew Barrymore-esque. She's so sweet. So sweet. She's and she has so a little sweet. bit of a lisp kind yeah, of. And she yeah. Does, she's... Oh God, that Drew Barrymore lisp. So Lauren gets back from lunch and says like, oh, who put my flowers in a vase? And Whitney says, oh, I just saw them lying there and I thought they could use some water, which is so sweet. 
Like, no one does that. Although, if she was truly sweet, she would have cut the stems at an angle and put a penny in there. But whatever, just saying. I mean, she did pretty well. Yeah. Um, so then this is where Lauren drops her little bit of Laguna Beach knowledge, which was a big highlight for me. And she says, um, you know, Whitney says like, oh, well, Jason bought you flowers. That's so sweet. And Lauren says, well, flowers mean I'm sorry. And chocolates mean I love you. Yes. That's what I was referencing earlier. Yes. So this is a direct quote from season two of Laguna Beach that we mentioned in episode one, when Stephen Coletti comes back to Laguna Beach for Valentine's day, he takes um, Kristen Cavallari out to dinner the night before and then brings Lauren chocolates and flowers the next day. And that's what Lauren's father says to her. He said, you know what chocolates mean, don't you? They mean I love you. Oh. Now, see, I would have already interpreted that because chocolates to me mean you can go ahead and get fat. And if you're going <laughs> to let me get fat, then you truly love me and we're going to be together forever. I do sort of think flowers mean I'm sorry. I agree on that half, but... Not sure I I get the chocolate means I love you, but, you know. I think it means I love you because you eat up. I guess so. Gain 10 pounds. I don't give a shit. Like, I mean, I, they're, I not, like they're not far off the mark. No. Although yeah. I've given flowers that weren't sorry flowers, so. So, let's see. The pool? At the pool. And why is no one ever at this pool? It's a gigantic it's pool. It's huge. It's huge. And there's no... I, I, there I, are lounge chairs available for all of us. Um... And I also wrote down, Lauren said, I know, in that conversation, more than she says like. Oh. I know. She changed I her know. balance. I know. Yeah. I know. It was kind of like the equivalent of like, ça va in French, which is just kind of a catch-all. Yeah. And she just, I know, okay. I know, I know, okay. I know, I know. Okay. But the most exciting part of this to me was Lauren's new electronical device. Sidekick. I was the king of the sidekick. Ooh. Had every single one up until they stopped making them. I, I have, I've never been able to text fast since, but when I had my sidekick, I was like a 12 year old Japanese girl. Like I could text. It was amazing. I miss it to this day. I'm still pretty fast with the text. I actually had a tech person say, who are you? A Japanese schoolgirl?" when he saw me texting once and I was so proud of myself. Um, so I wrote down sidekick exclamation point uh, because I was also very excited about it. I and probably have a couple in the room. We could pull them out. Yeah. In the drawer. Maybe we'll Instagram that later. Um, so there's also an amazing moment in Laguna beach when Kristen Cavallari and her other good friend, Alex get brand new sidekicks and they go over to Jessica, Jason's, you know, ex-girlfriend's house. And Jessica's like, hey, what have you guys been doing? Kristen goes, we just got sidekicks. Do you want to play with it? <laughs> it's like, I have something awesome you don't have. Do you want to play with it? Um, so Heidi and Lauren have this uh, conversation about Jason. And Heidi sort of says, like, I didn't know that you were talking to him again. And Lauren's like, well, there hasn't been much to tell, which is bullshit. And Heidi was like, oh, okay, well, just be careful. And... Heidi also says, like, only you can know, which is pretty insightful. Like, that is pretty much the equivalent of, like, no one knows what happens behind closed doors. And I actually found that to be kind of wiser than her years. Like, only you can know if it feels right. And she goes, but I will kill him. (laughs) Agreed. Um, And then we segue again. Yeah, I know. Back to Bold House. It's making this episode really boring and I'm upset about it. Yeah, well, the only thing I even have to say about this segue is, and this is a very weird kind of sidebar, Brent makes Heidi get his lunch and he Mm -hmm. orders a tuna with lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Well, you know what, Brent? And mustard. You asshole. Mayo's already in tuna salad. Because I know that wasn't a tuna filet sandwich. It was tuna salad, which already has mayo in it. So that's double mayo and he's a weirdo. 
He also orders a green juice. A naked. Yeah. Naked green juice. Yeah. And when Heidi comes back to bring his lunch, she apparently forgot the juice because he calls her back into the office and said, Heidi, where's my drink? Yeah. Like, it basically sounds like what I say to my husband when I have a cold. It's like, <laughs> where's my drink? God. Um, so then we see Heidi on the phone with Jordan and she's taken off her work. Well, I don't want to say work appropriate, more work appropriate, like leather military jacket. Yeah. And she's standing on a porch and she's talking to Jordan on the phone wearing a tank top that what we decided says baby snuggles. I think it was bedazzled. It was was bedazzled. bedazzled tank top that said baby something and it looked like snuggles. Yeah. Or baby giggles or like it said L-E-S. And then later when she has it off again on the back, there was like a rhinestone angel wing or something on the right corner of the shoulder blade. It was very strange. Yeah. And she's talking on her hot pink Motorola razor. Yes. I I also noticed that. This is a very good episode for technology and phones it is yeah so she's on the phone with jordan and she's saying she's at this job that she absolutely hates she hates it in just a few hours days i think she's moved from so excited to absolutely hating it and she is not quite crying but practically and she's about to yeah and she looks like she's, she's standing outside on like a balcony kind of area like a rooftop maybe it looks like um yeah and it, i thought she was gonna throw herself off she doesn't she manages to pull it together in her baby snuggles tank top but now see this is where Heidi and I I I do feel again that Heidi is my spirit animal um that where we differ a little bit because I would have have too your spirit animal is both Heidi and and Adrena yeah um but I would have suffered in silence and acted like this was the most amazing job ever to your friends. To my friends, yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, maybe to the boyfriend, sure. But, like, I feel like she's whining to everybody. And, like, I would have been like, oh, my job's amazing. And, like, oh, I feel is the like best thing I've ever done. And My theory is that to Lauren, she probably is doing that for now. Oh, you think? Yeah, I think for probably. Jordan, she's calling him at lunch and nearly crying. But then she goes home and Lauren's like, how's it working? She's like, it was so much fun. We talked about Vegas. True. Yeah. Okay, true, true. Because that's very Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yep. So, then... Lauren and Jason finally go to the movies. And I thought, now, now Mayor did a little digging, um, and we were... <laughs> it is my role it, to And film. it happens later on that there's some, like, time jump errors involving Jason's birthday and all this stuff, and so there was some <gasps> stuff that we think is happening Don't in give it all away. January. Well, I, their movie was at 5.45. I noticed the clock, and it was dark outside oh. when they got to the movies, and I thought this was supposed to be September, and it's not dark at 5.45 in September. No, I didn't notice the time at all. Yeah, there was oh, good a huge you. clock in the arc light, and it said five forty-five, and it was dark. Oh, good for you. I mean, completely out of order. The um, funny thing—it I mean we we laughed about this in episode two. That I say, like, I think MTV just duped us, and you say you think, but it is so disheartening the more I watch <laughs> it how out of order it is. I'm so upset about it. I also think they rented the movie theater out. And just put two people in there? Yeah, just through a couple, like, production assistants or something, like, go sit in the theater. Yeah. Because there's no... I mean, first of all... They make jokes that it's empty. And the laughter does seem like there's more to it. And how would you feel if you were at a movie and there were cameras with giant lights on them in the theater? Like, that's not okay. Well, and Lauren says, like, this theater's empty. Like, good choice, Jason. He, like, cracks up like he's on drugs, because he probably is. And they don't tell us what movie they're seeing. So we have no idea what movie. Right. And they would have to... Because everyone in that theater would have to sign a release. Right. Yeah. Like, it was for sure rented out. 
Or maybe they didn't even see a movie. They just went to an empty theater real quick and pretended. Well, because for a hot second, I thought maybe it was 5.45 a.m. Oh. I was like, maybe they went before the theater opened and just filmed there. But Maybe. And I also, the time threw me off because, so Lauren's at her internship, after school, whatever. Goes home to change her clothes. And still makes a 5.45 movie? Like, no. how does that work? It doesn't. Yeah, weird. I don't know. The whole thing is just bullshit. But... So Jason then drives Lauren back to the Hillside Villas and his really nice Range Rover. Very nice, yes. I know. Nicest car we've seen. It's nice. Well, it's no convertible BMW. Well, every 16 year old wants a convertible BMW. No, I know. And we love the vision of us driving up the Pacific Coast Highway because we're going to do that soon. But the Range Rover is, it's pretty nice. It's like a steel gray. But whatever. He drops her off in the Range Rover. This is not automobile hour. And <laughs> Car talk. With oh Frank my and God. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, and they, he gets out of the car and like opens her door and they say goodbye. And he kind of says, like, I hope I'll see you soon. And they kiss. And Lauren walks away so giddy. They follow her like from the car all the way to like the apartment door. And she walks by the pool and everything. She has a smirk on for sure. She does do a really good, what I would call. And she's call, kind of hugging herself in her sweater. Like. I would call it an internal monologue walk. Like yeah, you can almost yeah. see what's going on in her head as she's walking. Like, oh, he's so dreamy. And I'm so excited. This is happening again. So she's really, really good at that. Now, the one thing that you missed that I was so excited about. Did oh. you notice what Jason was wearing? At the movies? No. Well, yeah, I mean, when, when he got out of the car to open the door for her. No. An Ed Hardy t-shirt. Oh, he is the king of those. Yes. And I got a little uh, twingy down there because that means you know what's coming. Von Dutch. Oh, yeah. It's only a matter of time before we get to see a <laughs> lot of Von Dutch. Yeah. I was a fan, had a Von Dutch trucker hat and a t-shirt. I mean, I will say in my defense as to why I didn't notice the Ed Hardy is that Jason's t-shirt from the previous few scenes is not that different, even though it's not Ed Hardy. Well, but this one literally all bold right. Ed Hardy I know, the but the, the t-shirt he had on in the lunch scene is like some also like hideous, like screen printed, like black shirt with like white shit on I it. I think that was a band though. Whatever. I'm just saying, it's like one hideous t-shirt to another. That is, Jason's whole wardrobe could be summed up as like rock and Republic jeans and one hideous t-shirt to another. Oh my god, you're speaking my language. I love it. <laughs> I just got a semi, actually. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the end. Any final notes on episode four, Lauren and Jason take two? No, I mean, I think it was really good foreshadowing for what's about to happen, but not a lot happened this episode. I know. It's, yeah, I've been a little bit bored, but this is where things get really good. And I hope everyone is excited as we are about Jason being back. It's going to be amazing. So next episode, Lauren and Whitney have a big shoot for Teen Vogue. The orders have come down from Lisa Love, editor-in-chief. Audrina goes on a date with a guy who isn't Brian and the gang celebrates Jay Wall's birthday. So stay tuned. Um, and thank you for listening to frankly speaking with Mary B. We want to give a little shout out to all the people who have listened to this podcast. We have so much fun doing it. We do. And, um, we're glad that you're enjoying it as well. We've appreciated all of the kind words that we've gotten from everybody about and it. the news tips. You know, people have been, like, tweeting or texting articles and, like, fun things. It's been 
awesome. It yeah. makes it even more fun. Keep them coming. We yes. love a good news tip. Absolutely. We love a good news tip. Um, and you can find um, the podcast on social media at Frankly Mayor B on, on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram and now. Instagram. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Nana's Mink. And you can find me at Hey It's Mayor B, M E R E B. We look forward to talking to you. Oh, actually, should we say that we're going to be releasing more often now? Yeah. Yes. So now we're, we're going to be... try. Yeah. So Tuesday, Friday, is that when we're going to? I think so. Okay. So from now on, we're going to ramp it up a little bit and we're going to try to do twice a week. So you'll be getting episodes Tuesdays and Fridays. Join please us. Please subscribe on iTunes. We would love it. Yes. Please subscribe and like on iTunes and um, please give us a review because that helps us out on iTunes. It does. Um, and so join us next time when we talk about episode five. I love it. See you then.